the Master Tavern Keeper's History of the Old World. That hit the spot. All right then. Hopefully the following will answer your question, senior apprentice. Are you ready? Oh, yes. Please, go on. Now, as you're all no doubt aware, the Dark Elves are the shadowy cousins of those horsey high elves sequestered away on their island in the centre of the Great Ocean. An elven mage friend of mine, Carl Hordis Whitemane, the same one who studies the contraptions of the Ratmen, and actually spent some time in Lustria in his youth as it happens, told me the tale of the war between them last time he was in town. I mentioned him earlier too this evening, if you recall. It was his hypothesis that the time of woes was caused by the very first Skaven machine going awry beneath the ruins of Kavzar. Anyway... I will save the whole story of the split between the two factions of elves for another day, but, in short, he said that the separation of the two occurred as a result of a civil war on the island of Ulthwan aeons ago. A war that left the island itself sundered by the destructive machinations, spells and counterspells employed during that time. The end result was not what anyone desired, though. And, instead of victory for one side over the other, it turned the area of Nagaraith, the ancestral homeland of the Dark Elves, into a wasteland, now known as the Shadowlands, and divided the Elves forever. Many of the Elves of Nagaraith fled the devastation to the icy wastes of Nagaroth, to the northwest of Ulthwan, and it was these that became the Dark Kin we all know and hate today. Oh, uh, apart from our uh, mutual friend Turalyon, of course, Heinrich. He is the uh, most honourable and um, fearsome fellow. Yeah, 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 yeah. No offence taken. And yes, he most certainly is. And also a deft hand with the uh, poison, too. Ah, uh, yes. Well, um, anyway, I'll just carry on then. Uh, where was I? Ah, yes, I know. So, so great were the powers unleashed by both sides that it caused the land to be swallowed up by a gigantic tidal wave. However, the Dark Elven mages and sorcerers were in no way daunted by the seemingly world-ending deluge, and as the floodwaters drowned the land about them, they enacted rituals to draw mighty powers and cast dangerous spells upon their own fortress palaces that resulted in each being shielded from the crushing waters that roiled at their doorsteps. Additionally, 
the very land that each of these fortresses lay upon, tore itself free from the bedrock of Ulthuang and began to float away. Bound tight by the colossal dark enchantments enacted upon it. These floating islands became the backbone of what would develop into the Dark Elf fleets, and are now more commonly referred to as Black Arks. The binding spells not only keep them from sinking beneath the waves, but also allow them to be navigated. In this way, each is used as both a harbour and a bastion for the Druki, or as the uh, Dark Elves call themselves, and they have been able to extend their grip over all the oceans in the time since. However, these black arcs are not home to just the elves. Far worse reside in the deep caverns within. The sinking of Nagarith cast up many monsters that had previously dwelled on the ocean floor. We have already talked about the uh, krakens and mereworms this evening, but many other creatures with far darker hearts exist in the depths too. Beasts such as the Charybdis or the Heldrake. The Druki archmages sensed the malice of many of the monsters that had been dragged up from the depths and summoned them to appear before the magic wielders. This achieved, they then used the famed Nagarith Beastmasters to break and bind the creatures into the service of the Druki. These were then kept in the caverns that were excavated into the Black Arks themselves, where they were bred, crossbred, and manipulated into becoming living engines of destruction. Right then, so that is the preamble done. Are you uh, with me so far, Senior Apprentice Steiner? Ah, indeed I am. Uh, so? And so, now I can finally answer your question. The Druki actually scorned the use of traditional ships. Instead, they used sea monsters to traverse the oceans. It was no hyperbole when Heinrich described the elves fleeing the Battle of Talax as riding a sea serpent. They were actually riding a sea serpent. Now, perchance, the image you have in your head is something akin to uh, children riding on the back of a pony, perhaps. <laughs> in indeed it was. Ah, I thought so, from the framing of your question. But please, cast that image from your mind. The truth could not be more different. The beasts that the Druki employ are huge and fearsome, most easily the size of a Tylean galleon and some even larger. They are also completely subservient to the will of their masters, which means the elves are actually able to turn the creatures themselves into, well, the equivalent of boats. They are crude by Dark Elves that have been specially trained by the Beastmasters of Nagaroth to control them completely. These crews ride in specifically constructed structures, more akin to castles than ships, and they are positioned on the backs of their beasts. 
If these ships are destroyed, then the sea serpents will plunge down into the depths of the ocean for the rest of the battle before they eventually return back to their black arc of origin, drawn there by the druki spells of binding that hold sway over them. This means that if a fleet is defeated and destroyed, it can potentially be quickly recreated and returned back to the fight. There are two main dark elf vessels of this type that I am aware of. The large Death Fortresses and the smaller Doom Reavers. The former, the Death Fortresses, very much live up to their name for they are literally fortresses built upon the back of a gigantic sea dragon. Once these were true dragons and were ridden by the ancestors of the Dark Elves. However, over the many centuries since, the evil magics that make the Black Arcs possible have mutated them, rendering them at once less and yet more than their forebears. These sea dragons have grown gigantic and, as a result, lost the power of flight. They now spend their lives in the ocean, the salty waters helping to support their great bulk. However, this change has done nothing to dampen their fighting prowess, and they are still capable of ripping the largest boats of other seafaring races to splinters. Now, there is an old rhyme taught to children of Ulthuan about them that I came across a few years ago that also offers some insight into their origins. Beware, beware, high born so fair, of dark waters chill and cold. For here fell the black dragon Lotan, struck down by Kalidor of old. From the sky fell the sister of Sulek, a mortal wound bleeding out from her neck. But from icy waters she rose once more, hail grown large and new. And with her she bore dark kin, blood-soaked and in murderous hue. So beware, beware, high-born so fair, of dark waters chill and cold. For here dwells the sea-dragon Lotan, a menace from days of old. This rhyme refers to a legend that arose after the sundering. It tells of a dark elf dragon that was struck from the sky by a mighty elf champion. Although as to whether that was actually Kalador I himself, as implied in the rhyme, is uh, unknown. Probably not. It was more likely an elf dragon rider of the region of Kalador. Anyway, in this tale, the dragon, called Lotan in the rhyme, was struck down by an elf hero and fell into the sea, where the dark, cooling waters helped heal its wounds and provide refuge from its enemies in the skies above. The story then goes on to say that the sea dragons the dark elves now employ are descended from this beast. Right then. Onto the second and more common type of seafaring vessel, known as the Doom Reaver. These are spire-tipped vessels that are pulled by creatures known as Helldrakes. These monsters are superficially akin in form to sea dragons, but they are bred from different stock. They are notoriously ferocious and very hard to tame, 
with jaws that are easily capable of biting through even the thickest steel hull of a dwarven ship. Upon the backs of the Heldrakes are harnessed the Doom Reavers' three towers. Within these lie the crew. Now these are specially trained beast handlers, usually the very ones that have raised the Heldrake from birth, as they are the only ones who can subdue the beast's horrendously aggressive nature. They control the Heldrakes with magical lances that send explosive bursts of agony ripping through the creatures if they disobey. However, even in spite of these, Heldrakes are so fierce that they will attack anything that is not their own pack. As a result, the Doom Reavers in a squadron, and they usually come in squadrons of three, are all pulled by Heldrakes raised from the same clutch of eggs. However, this said, they will still sometimes even attack each other in the heat of battle. From what Heinrich told us about the Dark Elf raiding ship that was trying to uh, flee the Lizardman city of Talax with the uh, ill-gotten artefacts, I believe this ship was a Doom Reaver. What do you think, Heinrich? Yeah, yeah, that seems to make sense from the way my uh, grandpapa described the encounter. Well then, I think that's enough foreplay. Time to hear about this little naval engagement between Marco's ships and the fleeing Doom Reaver. If you'd be so kind, Heinrich.